Hey, what's going on? It is episode 258 of the Heyman Man podcast. This is Dave. This is Ben. We ended up back in my garage this week, which is where it all started. Not in this house, but in my other house. <laughs> How was it? So we came from the back porch uh, last week. There's so much ambient noise, and I had to yell at my neighbor, and then I had to like do that thing this week where I'm like, hey, dude, remember when I yelled at your dog? Your dog was on, it was loud, and you were being kind of, <laughs> you so know, you know, hey. And he's like, no, I didn't even, I didn't even realize uh, that you guys were out there. Yeah. He's like, I saw you out there, but I'm like, yelling expletives at you. Yeah. You know, hey, I, I fired yeah. off an F bomb your direction. I was doing that thing, like, okay, uh, you know how your dog sucks? <laughs> well, like I was, you know, I was confronting the fact that your dog sucks, like out loud, and then right, you and really because break you it came down. there, I thought you acknowledged it, but no, you didn't. Yeah. Then I thought you were being passive aggressive by playing fetch with him for trying nights. to be nice by saying, hey, you know how you suck, and like your dog is <laughs> like you, and also, no, I'm just kidding, he's a nice guy. Uh, you never met this guy. So yeah, met, that's really not your place to say. He's, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Oh. <laughs> that's what I do. That's my new thing. I stole, I stole from Norm McDonald now. I say really condescending or insulting things, and then after I'm done, I butter it up with a compliment at the end. Like, you go like, ah, this guy, like, fucking, he never picks up the bill. You know what I mean? He never picks up the bill. I, I bet You he, even do it in a Norm accent when yeah, you do well, it? No, this is my accent. Oh, but, no. like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this guy probably, he probably slaps his wife on. I'm not sure. He never picks up the bill. Uh, he hasn't mowed his lawn in weeks, you know? And it's like. Yeah, but he's a nice guy. He's all right, though. <laughs> like at the end, you just give it. A, you give it like a shellac of like. Where are you hearing all this? Norm? Does he have a podcast? There's a YouTube channel called I'm Not Norm, and uh, this I, is Norm McDonald. I'm not Norm McDonald. Yeah, yeah, but it's not his channel. It's like a fanboy or whatever. Right. And this guy just finds he takes. It's funny because there's not that much unearthed footage of Norm, but it's pretty much all I watch. But it's not unearth footage he takes the same stuff and he points it in like a focus he'll be like norm's opinion on um gays or something right and he'll take all the clips that norm talked about like mm-hmm. that and so he does that and he just like because i'm not smart i like the same thing regurgitated mm-hmm. so i'll take that channel and i've already heard all the jokes before but now they're shuffling them in a different order and so i just listen to him again speaking it's my favorite how you're not smart and how you like yeah, repetitiveness. Yeah. My wife and I started another new Netflix documentary. So we were we were big into Anthony Bourdain. And then uh, there was another guy. I forget what his name was. He was a Hispanic dude that was going around. And like he was a chef and like trying different. We like these, these Netflix. Fluffy. They call them fluffy. They, we like these Netflix documentaries where uh, people go and they try foods in foreign lands. And they... Uh, they meet all kind of yeah. sweet foreign people, and uh, they're better for it. And so there's a new one with Zac Efron where he travels. I heard about that. On, oh, of course, watching Hot Ones. They yeah. talked about his show. So I think it's called Back to Earth or Down to Earth or something like that. Let's do environmental stuff, too. Like, yeah. Here's how we can save the world. Yeah, so he'll go, like, he went to Iceland, and he like found out how they were using like the thermal, uh, like the uh, volcanic ash to like cook things with and, and whatnot. My... I'm going somewhere with this, and that's not where it is. My yeah. point is, is Zach your, Efron your, looks great with your, your shirt. Your watch. Oh, that's another thing. My wife's like, I thought they were. From everything I saw, the reviews, people are saying he had a dad bod. What? And I was like, yeah, and, she, and she's like, he doesn't. And I go, well, wait a second. I thought you liked dad bods. That's what you keep saying. And she's like, oh, oh, you bought that? Yeah. No, oh, no, man. I didn't. But you know, like, I, I like, thought you didn't like his you know twelve me. pack abs. Like I, I like to. I like to call it. I, we're going to stop here. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're mm-hmm. gonna figure out what's what, okay, and we need to move it on until that happens. Yeah. So I want to lock you in you today. You put a hard line in the sand. Where's our stance on dad bots? 
Because yeah. if you yeah, for the longest time I've maintained this for because I thought this is what you wanted. Yeah. Now you want something different? I'll yeah, work which is that. like be real. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Be real. You don't want <laughs> you don't want to have to eat that extra helping, but it's like hey, yeah, like you're not a selfish person. And let's be honest, and th- this is no no reflection on anybody in particular, <laughs> but uh, I think the dad bod craze is just about ladies going, I don't have to work that hard if I if I sit here and tell my old man or dudes like I'm a I like dad bods and I like drinking beers and I like that's just yeah. you saying you also don't want to go to the gym so you're you're going to settle in as well. Yeah, dad bod is a is I could a, be wrong. It's a <laughs> it's it's a bisyllabic word for saying it's two monosyllabic words. All right. Dad bod is just a two pound syllable way of saying I give up too. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're all good. Like, like, just be you. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like I love dad bods. Like they're, they're the best. And it's like, do you? And they immediately just like, like they change the subject because the point is like, are you accepting that? Because once you say like, cool, dad bods are good, then you can't say anything about my body right. if I'm the woman, right? Yeah. And I don't know that. I'm not an expert, but I I, I know, I'm, dude. I'm, I know all these things it, that you just brought pretty much up. Sure. But the uh, the overall point was is every time I see these uh, these shows, I think to myself like, what what an overall turd you are, I am, everybody I know is. Mm. Um, and I'm not saying you have to fly across the country and create a, or the world and create a documentary on, yeah. uh, you know, being green. But what I am saying is, is like, you know, what are we doing? Like, my wife was like, hey, uh, why are we here? How do we <laughs> oh, end up here? She got existential? No, like, well, why, do we, why are we still living here? And I'm like, well, we both have jobs and we're not at that point to where we can pull a pension yet and walk away. Yeah. So that's why we're here. We've invested too much time to turn around at this point. There's just no going that's back. That's the bitch of it, ain't it? Yeah. That's that just scene. happened to me this week. My wife now is saying like, oh, I don't think, she's already talking about winter. She's like, in a few months it'll be cold. I don't think I can do another one. I think this is the last winter I can do here. I'm like, all right, so what's that mean? She's like, because we bought a house two years ago. So she's like, yeah, I just, I think we should just go to Arizona. And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, I'm nine years into a pension. So, like, how about in 11 years we talk <laughs> about Arizona? Nah, she wants to go. And five years, six, five or six years ago, I went to Phoenix. I had an interview. I did, like, this whole application. You know, I remember. I did this whole thing. I was considering moving to Phoenix. Her family decided they didn't want to go. So she said, what if we can't go as a group like gypsies? We're not going to go. Now she waits till I got money vested. Now she's like, I want to go. But here's the bitch of it. I don't disagree with her. Well, I'm like, depending it's on hard what, to be like, no, why wouldn't you want super cold winters that suck balls and everybody hates? Depending on what kind of work you do, anybody does, some places will you can buy your pension or buy into your pension other places. You know what I mean? How you, much? I don't know. I, it I don't would all be, it would all be dependent. But, on the podcast. I'm just saying it won't be easy. <laughs> yes, I get that. But my whole thing is, is I'm not nine years away. I'm seven months away. So <laughs> yeah. There ain't, yeah. No, ain't happening. So get out but, of here. And then, and then, what are you doing? Then she, 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 she read a book Dude, about... I'll finish uh, your garage for you. I'll put an electrical outlet. I'll take it. <laughs> she read a book uh, that took place on the island of Nantucket. And she's been like, oh, mm. I got to move to Nantucket. She carried her Nantucket. Fish, carried so she's been looking up. She's like, yeah, we could get a condo for, you know, 740 grand. Uh, that's pretty big. Huh? But it's in Nantucket, yeah. and I could get a, I could have my bike with the basket on deal. it, and I could ride down to the beach every day, and we could dig for clams, and we, it's like we don't, we're, we're not those people. Like who, who wrote this? Who's the son of a bitch who wrote this book? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. <laughs> who know. did this to her? 
I don't know, but I was hey, recently. Dude, it's only three quarters of a million dollars, but but hear me out. There may be clams involved. There, there may be clams. It just so happened to fall on a day that I was listening to uh, an audio book read by Jonathan Ames, who wrote the book, and it's it's a, a bunch of essays. And he was talking about saying like all these vacations that he's taken over his entire life have always in, in uh, you know overseas, in Europe and like in, in France and Italy and whatnot have all been places that he heard about like in Hemingway books or different books where authors that he wrote that romanticize these places. Yeah. So I think it's very easy to to get drawn into that, but it's like let's let's be real. Uh, you are not white, Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Your name's not Muffy. You don't own a yacht. Mm. Uh, and uh, we can't afford to live on Nantucket. We yeah. can't even afford to live in Boston and vacation. Do you think the people that move there are people that just like make the choice? Like, I want to be there. They're not like, can I afford to live there? Just like, would, would I, if given the choice, would I like to be here? No, because here's here's why. There's people that, uh, for instance, you know, I'm I'm big on this TLC thing. I love uh, 90 Day Fiance. They're I love these say, home repair shows. T-Boz. Well, and these people, I forget what their names are, but the people that are doing the uh, restoration in the Bahamas, the husband and wife, I don't know if anybody's watching this. What show is this? There's this rich husband and wife from Canada that bought a property in, uh, uh, it's called uh, Renovation Island. They bought a property in the Bahamas, like a, it was a resort, and they're redoing it. And it's funny because, and I know it's TV, but like the wife, the husband is a carpenter. And the wife, of course, just like in all these shows, is a designer and, the, you know, yeah. the... She, she I don't these ideas up. have a job, per se, <laughs> but like I like curtains a lot, So and I like to pick the color of them. Usually on these shows, it's the wife who, you know, does the, she has the eye for design, and the husband... <laughs> I hate these the, people. The, 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 I hate these people that have the comfort to go like, well, let's try this. It, if we lose, two million down the drain, but we can say we tried. Well, what's always interesting is, is you see the, the husband's out there actually doing the work, and they'll, they'll show a couple shots of her, like, painting or whatnot. But that's a house. These people bought an entire, like, an, an island uh, getaway with, like, I don't know, like, let's say 16 little houses on it and a big pool. Like, it's, it's a huge, nah. huge, huge place. Nah. And it's just, you know, them and the island people that are coming to restore it. So it's interesting to see the dynamic because I'm like, I can't even, if if my wife comes in a room while I'm painting and is like, you you want my help? It's World War Three. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine constructing things with her. You guys don't dabble or paint on each other's cheeks and like, <laughs> no. like tee hee. And, 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 you start, and no. these ladies are like they're graphic designers, and people are buying these houses because these ladies they know Joanna Gaines and they know these people, right? And they go, I want her to be the one that does that that has her eye on my design for my house. She knows exactly yeah, what I yeah. want. So you got to listen to her. And almost every one of these shows, the wives are unyielding. They just like in real life, they yeah. will not bend. And it has, yeah. she's like, "Oh, I want this done." And he's like, "Well, this is probably the best way to do it, the most cost efficient." And she just stands there with her, with her arms. She's crossed. like, "I just really feel good about knocking down this island." <laughs> I don't mean like like in the kitchen. I mean like knocking down this island and Starting putting from up like with my a new ocean <laughs> where this lake was. Right, right. So, but dude, I, I I hate any of these shows, and I don't. I can't. It all goes back to my own self, like insecurities. I can't watch any of these shows without getting angry. Like, I only like Ninety Day Fiance because all the people I feel like I'm like, oh, look at this, like wreck. <laughs> like, look at this, like you know, look at this, like dumpster fire of a person. Those I can do because I can go. Well, at least I'm not that bad. And every once in a while, when I see them in the normal life, I go, okay, we're close, but I'm still not <laughs> that bad. But these people, like people that go, like, oh, my job is to like 
draw people's houses and I get like my, my sketchbook out and I get my charcoal pencils and I draw the house and they give me $50,000 for drawing. Like I hear that jobs like these exist and I know they don't exist from the ground up. This job is never like, you can't be like in a suburb of like Cleveland to be like, I want to do this job. It has to be like somebody you're with growing up has to know like developers or people and then they go, oh, you don't know how to draw your house? I know a woman who draws houses. Yeah, for that job, though, but think about these, like, these YouTube people. So this lady who bought this island, from what I researched, she made all of her money being uh, a YouTube a, and a, a fashion blogger and, and a, like, a social media person. I, listen, it all comes back to, like... She, she, has a, she has a $20 million bankroll from this. From, from YouTube. I, I, from what I've seen, I didn't do a deep dive, so it Let's could be that she was. 10. I'm still yeah, she could have been given a million in startup cash like Donald Trump. But <sighs> still, though, dude, I just I, I have zero tolerance for people that made it. <laughs> Why? And, and, and like once I meet them, I go, these people are really great people. I can't believe I was so hard on them. But before I meet them, I'm just like, I, I just go like, I just I, I don't know. Like I want everyone to be in the same like. Well, let me flaming. Like pile of, you know, garbage that I'm in. Let me get you up to date on. So I just like I can't be happy for people unless a, I meet them. <laughs> a week ago, or two weeks ago, I was telling you how I was about to have this renovation done, and then last week, obviously, we were outside because there is renovation being done, and I was concerned about not being home and having people work in my house when I'm not here, and I was reassured and all that good stuff, and I took a week's vacation this week just to get the project started so mm. I could, you know. Be here and uh, see how everything see how everything was going to go down, and I want to say so like Friday morning I went down and it was my contractor and then his next door neighbor who was helping him out uh, who's also a car who was a carpenter, uh, so he was he was lending a hand, and I it was about eleven thirty and I said I came down there I watched all of season two of The Wire Where? in the last day and my upstairs. And then I came into my You're basement. Not watching them. I came into my basement. I'm not standing over them. I'm just okay. in the house, right? You're so up, I, you're up, so you're two, yeah, two, two floors away. So uh, I walked downstairs and I said, "I have to admit this to you," and and I didn't. And you know, this is just my normal. I don't know why I overshare like this. I said, "There is nothing more emasculating than two dudes <laughs> in your basement uh, sawing, no, hammering." Dude. Shooting nails with a twenty-two oh. uh, nail gun. Talking him. about construction, listening to three eleven. Which that, that beside the point. That's how I came I down there. I said, "Hey, go, what's with that. the reggaeton, boys?" And they looked at me like it's not reggaeton; it's it's three eleven. But anyway, I I said they both were staring at me, so I had this captive audience, and I go, "Man, I I, I there's just nothing more emasculating." Yeah. And I go, but and then I gave them a list of stuff that well, I could do hey, that you they might couldn't. Walk down in a dress, bro. <laughs> I gave them a list of things that I could do that they couldn't. You uh, can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> I said, well, not, and I didn't. I didn't put it that way. I didn't say, here's the things you can't do. I just said, well, I can do this, knowing there were things that they couldn't do related to my related like, to my work. That's so specific. You know what I mean? uh, and they're like, yeah, we hear you. Yeah, we hear you. I mean, everybody does their own thing. You know, it's nice to have a you know people that you know that do different stuff. And I'm just like. 
Yeah. Dude, that's full yeah. on Larry David. Oh, You yeah. just started mentioning things you're good at? Yes. Yeah. Do you have any you want to share? No. Uh, uh, but they were they were all they were all like I said specific to to my my industry. So they were just like, yeah, I, if I did that industry, I might do that too. Mm. Like it's just something I have I'm not able. They're to. like I too would be educated in that field and then make good decisions probably better than you're making now. <laughs> right. Well, no, they'd be like I'd be educated uh. in that field and then if somebody at your office needed a cubicle built, I can do that too. Yeah, I would do what you're saying, except for I would build the building first. Right. So uh, we all had a good laugh. Where you're doing the taxidermy, I'd build that, and then I'd stuff the coyote. <laughs> we, we all had a good laugh, and then um, I walked back up. I said, okay, guys, thank you. And I walked back upstairs, and I sat back down on my couch. Do what it is. And I'll tell Hard. you, and, and we'll get into it, but I'll tell you what, man. I was talking to the wife this weekend about that scenario, and I said, honestly, I, I, I just, I wish that I could, I wish that I could do those things. And for people that can do them, they're just like, well, I mean, you could probably I learn how to do it. I don't know that you can. You have I to think, have some sort of some sort of ability to begin with. Yes, I think you have to be wired that way. I've thought about this a million times, a million times. You have to be wired that way to get it naturally. You can learn it the hard way, and it can take much longer, but you can still get the basics. But that's the ground you, floor up, right? That's yeah. like you carrying in yes. wood for a year. And yes. then the guy going, now they you've graduated you what a to... what a 2x4 is, right. what a 2x6 is, by 8. It's like being in the Marines, yeah. right? And they teach you how to make your bed day one. Like, right. this is how you make a bed. Strip it down, which is the way I need to learn. I'm like, this hey, is a pretend nail. I know nothing. <laughs> and, t- yeah, teach me, uh, why do they call it 16 penny? Nobody really knows. But this is called a 16 penny. Wouldn't you agree, though, before you go on, that this is specific to the, the biggest block in this isn't mental because I, I don't think that it... I think that I'm mentally capable of doing it. It's just ego. Like, you get so far along in the game. And this is a lot of the reason that I don't know how to do a lot of it. My dad was a mechanic. He owned a business where he fixed cars. Yeah. Uh, my brother eventually worked for my dad, you know, at some point in time. And then took over the business after my dad passed away. Uh, I can't change my own oil. I could probably. I've never done it. I just take it to go get it changed. It's just that's what I do. But I'll sit around talking with neighbors and friends. And, and, uh, and they'll just be like, why would you pay someone to do that? All Dude, you have to do is this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, like you said, it's time equity. right? I think it comes down to how much you care. And I think that, honestly, I think creative, artistic people don't care about these things because they're not creative. Well, building is creative. Yeah. I know but what you're I mean, talking about. Like but with oil changing changes, the lawnmower blade out. or Oil changes, uh, routine hardware stuff. Is, it's not creative until you start building your own stuff. But if it's like, hey, put up a drywall wall, that's not creative. No. And right. I think that these things, Ali always jokes that when, when we have company over or something or I'm at a party and people are talking about stuff I don't care about, she's like, I can see it from 20 yards away. I can look in your face and I see the pain. Like I see how much you don't care about what they're saying. Like someone would be like, yeah, so here's the thing. I started going with a low risk. Uh, it's going to yield low. It's going to be a low risk, low interest. But you're not gonna you're not gonna lose your ass on it. And listen, listen, no one's gonna get rich on this. But if I take the dividends from that, my eyes start to glaze over. I look like I look like I'm in pain. I'm like, oh, like I aggressively don't care about what you're talking about. I hate it so much. So in that, like when someone goes, hey, I'm a uh, we're we're gonna put a new alternator in this car, which I've done before. Like it is nothing more than a chore that I have to get done. It's a roadblock in the way for me going and making a stupid YouTube video. The YouTube video I want to make isn't fun. It's gonna, not going to make. It's not going to make me money. It's not. 
for anything other than I, it goes back to that artist got an art thing. Like mm-hmm. all that important life skill shit that you're talking about that I need to know bores me. And if it bores me, I can't do it. All right. Well, here's the thing. So I could learn how to do the drywall and I could learn how to frame a, a basement and it would be a good idea for me to do so. But, but if it doesn't move my needle, dude, like I, you, you, you only get one time around this life. If it doesn't move your needle, it's really hard. So I, I envy those people that don't need things to be exciting. I told you this a long time ago. Uh, I had sort of walked away from being a religious person after I became an adult myself and got away from my parents. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going yeah. to the temple. I'm not doing any of that. It only became important again when I got married and then when I had children, especially. Yeah. And so because this, of how you want to raise them. Yes. So this now is the situation I'm in for many years of even where, you know, your, your, your children are, it's not that important because you're not going to teach your kid those kind of things. Like again, switching out on outlets, even something as simple as that. Cause you, you might show him, you're not going to let him do it by himself. Uh, so, yeah. but now I'm at a place where my kid is 15. And so I feel some responsibility to not make this guy completely dependent on having money to have things done. Do you feel like it's crunch time? Yeah. Like how many years do you have left before he totally disregards your thoughts? Unless they make him laugh. Well, I'm just saying now forever, forever, he will not be able to do anything. Because even when I do things, I do the thing my dad did where I'm just like, oh, just just get out of it. Just, just leave. I'll do it myself. Mm. Every dad does that. Not every, but a lot of dads do not- that. And Award that, winners like your man here. Okay, but my at fifteen, you know. But dude, you got you got three years a, at best to teach him anything. Dude, yeah, dude, dude, dude. dude I gotta learn dude, a lot. Do of you it. remember that movie teach him. where Michael can Michael Keaton got like cancer? Multiplicity. Yep. <laughs> I know. All twelve of him got cancer. <laughs> each one in a different part of their <laughs> bee holes. No, like like uh, <laughs> there, what's the movie called? Something in my life. Who knows? Right. Some I think it's corny, called My Life. Right. Is that what it is? Maybe. F Pro- my life? Uh, my life with a question mark? My <laughs> life? But there was a movie... Take my life, please. <laughs> Take my life. There was, a, uh, there was a movie with Michael Keaton where he was going to die. And so he got, a, at the time, camcorders were the thing. And he started filming himself, crunch time, of all this stuff. Like, I got... I got was, sh- was his child born yet or like small? No, no, okay. no, no. I'm sorry. I'm a, such a bad storyteller. So he got cancer. He had a child that was coming into the world. He's like, I'm not going to be here to teach him these things. So I have to record. Could you hold it together while you were making those videos? Come on. Could I? Yeah. No. God, no. Keaton can. You can. He's a, I can. He's a professional thespian. Yeah. So he's making these videos. He's like, here's how you shave. Down or up. Never across. And he's doing these things. And he's like, so when this kid comes, I want him to know me and to learn some things. I'm saying my proposal is that you have two years to do something similar. He ain't going to listen to you when you're talking. That That's... That ship is probably sailed. Yeah. You need to come up with a creative way to get a bucket list of, be like, hey, dude, once you're 18, I know you ain't listening. And then when you're 22, you're going to start listening again. But who knows? That's a gap, right? You need to find a creative way. And I need to get ahead of this game to be like, here's i I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do a checklist of things mm. you need to know. I, ha- I do have a book somewhere. I, I bought it for this purpose, and then and it, it, when no, we moved, you it got in a box. Dude. I know. I'm saying like that I had, I did buy a book blank? that was sort of like a checkbook of saying, a, not a checkbook, but like a book where it said, "Here are some of the things that you're probably going to want to do, 
as you're, you know, in these areas. Like I've been thinking about this between recently. five and seven, between seven and nine, between nine and eleven. Yeah, you know, I don't remember if that was if it was that specific, but that's a Davivation. That is a Davivation for people with newborn sure. kids. Yeah, people like no, our no, main coach for somebody to write this kid. book. Somebody should Davivate. I'm not going to. I'm doing it. But I'm on it. they should literally just like my say, joke a day, just like my stand up. Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, my son, he he shaves a little bit. But not, you know, he, he, when his eyebrows grow together and, and, and you know, just and some, some silly stuff. Yeah, some, that, some, yeah, some little fuzzy stuff. But my, as far as I remember, uh, my dad did not teach me how to shave. Dude, my dad didn't I either. Sort of just my oldest my brother own. Nate to this day still holds it against him. It's this weird thing. Like, we had a good dad, but my dad, my dad still, get my dad still is, or my brother still is like, when we talk about things that he did and didn't do, right away and then didn't do column, is like, he never like, taught me how to like shave. Like, he pulls it out like it's random. It's not random. It's not, ran- it's not random at all. He's dude. like, you know, I was thinking, what, uh, yeah, shave. Teach me how to. Uh, <laughs> he's looking at me like, he's like, what rhymes are shave? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that's that is something that sticks in my head though, for sure. I because there's a picture of it's my it's a dad. Man there's thing. a picture that my we had in my house where my my brother, my dad, you know, had this like uh, got my brother this like my first shaving kit. And my brother had like shaving cream on his face and like a plastic razor. Oh, I got my kid one of those. It's like so, foam. Yeah, and there's a picture silly. of my dad shaving and my brother shaving, but I wasn't in the picture. Like that I was probably taking like that. They're like, hey, can you take this picture for Hey, get out of the frame. You're still in the frame. Get, get back up, back up, back up, back up. So that uh, might be something stuck in the back of my psyche. Who knows? But those are things where I constantly am like, ah, oh, well, I mean, this day and age, you just get a, a electric razor and you just, you know, they're so good at this point. You don't really need to use a razor razor unless you're trying to do a Giambi. Yeah, or but we a, all know it's not about a, the actual technique. Yeah. It's about your dad going, this is it, a right of is. passage. Right. You could be a Giovanni what, Soto with the tiny little... Uh, what about... Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're a Puerto Rican father, it, uh, <laughs> that video is going to take you a couple hours. You learn how to do that hash in your eyebrow. It's going to take you a couple hours. That new trend where all the dudes get like these Caesar haircuts, <laughs> that video will take four seconds. What, uh, what about females? Do you think they have that too? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they drag. We never have a female voice that, on this show, so we're always like they drag centric. them away in fifth grade when they drag us away, and they show us a video about getting pimples yeah. and body hair. And that's pretty much all they tell us, and then they tell apparently they tell the girls a bunch of other good stuff that's going to be happening because they can handle it. The boys can't handle it. Do you think their videos used to be like girls? Like, if you want to land a good man, you got to do like. Do you think it was all about like landing a good man for money? Like okay. not not about doing your own it thing. Probably in my, I assume it had like, a since lot of. You're semi worthless. You uh, know what I'm saying? Like back in the day, it was always like you're not going to make a dollar. Probably some jazzercising. Probably stuff about making sure you had at least five or six different meals you could pull out at any given time. Take care of your man. How to please your man? What? How to, blah, blah, blah. How, to uh, how to know when you're getting authentic Tupperware? Over fake Tupperware. Yeah. Who you tap uh, it and hear the density? Yeah. How how to um, how to locate an Avon lady in your your general area? Things I would, like, I, would I, like I, mean, to, I don't know. I wasn't in the class. I would like to hear responses from women about this now, like how we talk about like, okay, you got a couple years left. Shit, I may have missed some. I may have been watching Ninety Day Fiance instead of imparting to my son the wisdom I think I should. Have, <laughs> right? We all have that, right? So, like, I wonder what females think, like, about their daughter. Like, ah, uh, like, because, you know, like... All boys Dude, when your daughter turns 12, 13, you're, you're going to almost not want to speak to her for a good five years. 
it's going to become kind of horrible, right? I think so. Boys too, but girls so, dude. We're, we're doing we're running pretty strong right now. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. I'm placing I just said this to her yesterday and she's like, "Oh, absolutely not. No way, daddy. I mean, there's just no way." We'll see. We'll see. My daughter always says that too. Like, I'll never have a boy. I think I don't I think there's girls know enough with like dads like you and me. There would be just no reason for her to turn against me. She has to use me. Turning against me would be a mistake. Yeah. She should turn against my wife. Yeah, but they want to turn against you because it just feels nice to do so. I don't know, man. I've, I've cultivated a good, like... Yeah. No, I'm tied with my daughter. I'm tied with my daughter, too. She'll still slit my throat in my sleep at 15. <laughs> I'm just for sure. <laughs> but, I, but I do wonder, like, what women... If they... if, if Okay, if, if, if women who have daughters, if your daughter's, like, 14 or 15, you go, oh, shit. Maybe, that's, maybe, that's, maybe it's off because they mature faster. Maybe you go from 12 to 16... I need to get this stuff out quick. Like, I need to impart this wisdom quick. I wonder what they would do different. Because guys, it's always like, hey, let me teach you what the wires mean when you're putting in, like, a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, here's how to change your How to oil. jump a car. How to jump a car. Uh, how to change the tire I, on a car. I, I, Just I like did, man shit, you I know? did have my wife and my son my in the driveway the other day. The car, I had left uh, the, the car on or whatever, and the, the door opened, the battery died. So I had them jump the car as a team. And it was it was it was glorious. I should have videotaped oh, it because it, yeah, it was just you know sometimes I feel bad because I'm like I feel very guilty that without their consent I shared these moments that maybe they don't want shared all the time. I don't feel bad. So, but I I want to say before we move forward on this like separating the girls and the boys thing, I also think they should throw in in the boys video some stuff about maxi pads and tampons just so we have an idea what the heck's going on. You know what they should teach? And I heard it. <laughs> well. Yeah, because you're going to go like, hey, you're going to find these in the bathroom. Just don't touch them. Leave them alone. They're for girls. You never need to know what they're for. Right. After, that, your, after you get married and have a wife and kids, then ask your wife what they're for. <laughs> you don't need to know until then. <laughs> There's no need. Hey, I went through your purse and there was some stuff. It doesn't matter what they're for. But wouldn't it save it you? It will never so, so, be a... Because you know. You, obviously, by saying this, you know. It would save you at least one or two embarrassing moments at some point in yeah. your as a boy. When someone says, go in my purse, and your mom says, go in my purse and grab me X, and you pull, here's what you do. You know that's never going to be X. <laughs> They're never going to tell you, grab that or those. Right. Yeah, that, that's important. So, No, it's super important. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what goes on in my head. But anyway, so I told these guys that I, I felt very emasculated. They agreed it was very emasculating for me. Um, and then it's um, the way dude it is. It's like you're, you're like a, we, a cuckold. I gave them a fine, how do you do? And uh, we parted ways. Until they came up at the end of the day and... Uh, you know what I do? They I, left. I, I explain to them that I understand what they're doing. I go, I oh, yeah. I, you're I running, didn't want to get trapped. 110, 220? Cool. Um, you know as well yeah, as Yeah, no, I that know. makes a lot of sense. Like, oh, you guys went with Romex? That's cool. Because I can't remember the last time I read Code. I, I couldn't remember if Code was conduit. But, you know, you guys, you made a good choice. That's what he was like. Hey, I'm so glad they have the pecs here because it's so much easier. And I was like, oh, I get that. You just crimp it off. and sure. So then I got out. I went out on a high note, a la George Costanza. You're like, I know. I'm out. You're like, I know what Pax is. Yeah. You stuck Only your middle be- finger up and you walked out of the. You know, you know why? <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because if you remember back, I took pictures of my house while it was under construction. Yeah. And somebody said, "Oh, nice house. I can't believe they cheaped. They went cheap with the Pax tube instead of the, you know, they, they uh, who's, right. who's your builder? Yeah, <laughs> some no, garbage, good. some garbage good. scumbag." And I'm like, hey, thanks. I'm glad I shared these pictures with everybody. They could tell me while I still haven't even paid dollar one on this house really? how I'm getting screwed. <laughs> so, Yeesh. Uh, yeah, it's bad news. Hey, did you see the new Nike commercial? Everyone's up in arms. They're all excited. 
No. Maybe it's like a because I'm 40 thing or whatever. I told you last week my thing was like, I'm so excited about being 40. Like, you think I'd be bummed out? I'm not at all, dude. Because each time I get to do something and then make an excuse for it by going like, wow, I'm 40. Last week, like, I was standing behind those girls in line and they were talking and I was like, and I made an audible impression of them and I just pretended like I didn't do it. This week, everybody on Facebook was sharing this Nike commercial about together we'll persevere. And it was super cool editing because they would show, like, they would show uh, two different people in two different sports doing a movement and they would split the screen and the left side would be their body and the right side would be another person's body and they would move in unison. Mm-hmm. But playing two different sports. Playing two different sports oftentimes, sometimes not. But it was a really cool, like, editing commercial, but it was like the car commercials that come out now where it's like Suzuki. This, this car, this new Suzuki, where love belongs. Because trees are wonderful, and we all should love butterflies. And isn't your daughter beautiful, Suzuki? And you go, yeah, I guess those things, I agree with all, I'm, yeah, my daughter is beautiful. What were they selling again? Oh, Suzuki? No gas mileage, no size of the tires, no how much. No powertrain warranty. No powertrain warranty, <laughs> nothing about the transmission, nothing right. about the cubic no, feet, nothing about the power. No, nothing about the safety rating? Safe, nothing. <laughs> and once in a while, they'll say to keep your, body, your car safe. Your family safe, but for the most part, every commercial is safe just like, from being heartless. Oh, dude, it'll just be like, come to our grocery store. We're all Was this in the, a Subaru. Outback? We're all in the problem, <laughs> but it's like we're all in this together. Uh, that's weird, are we? Because like I've I've gone to work every day. That's <laughs> just that's in a sidebar to the sidebar. I'm a little tired of seeing signs that say we're all in this together because we're not. Definitely not. Because a lot of us are going to work every day, and a lot of us are going. If COVID spreads, we shouldn't have to go to back go back to work. Especially if the government's paying me more money to not be at work. Government's giving me X amount a week. I'm not sure it's safe for me to go back. We're all in this together. No. Government gave me zero. I've gone every day. We're not in this all together. Well, I would also hope that's same, just a side. Bar. I would hope that those people are maintaining not just social distancing, but but are quarantining. Because if you if you if you're not going to work. Because you're afraid, then you should really not even be leaving. You should be like the leave DoorDash you know. at the door. Absolutely, because you can. We found out that you can do pretty much everything contactless at this point. You know, yeah. as far as commerce, I've heard so, about it. <laughs> yeah. If you choose, yeah. if you no, choose I've that been destiny. Like mud wrestling. We like to watch through our ring doorbell the, the ship shopper bring our groceries, and then when she's we're like, you okay, still at grocery shop? Well, she's gone. No. Dude, it's, conv- I, it's a matter of convenience. I'm, the, I'm not like some right winger or conspiracy. I, I said it's That's not times. even why. I just hate having to like preface it with like, oh, I don't believe in diseases. No, do I do? It's not that. I just I probably go to the grocery store four times a week. So I enjoy the grocery store. Dude, I'm I just, not going I just to the do. grocery store we all put because our, we all put our stupid masks on and we get our food. Here, here's what I you know I'm working we eight still to don't four, have and at four thirty I'm getting my daughter ready for softball every day. So. While we're Not at a work, lot of time for shopping. while we're at work, the, the ship shopper brings the groceries, leaves them on the porch, I don't and then my son can bring them in. And if you're in a, if you're in a place where you can do that because you go to work every day, why not? It also helps the economy, right? Because these yeah, people are trying to to uh, make a living, and no, we're also lazy. So right. what there's, the, what, there's that. What the hell was I talking about? You were talking about how Nike we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Yeah, we're all in this together. So this Nike commercial was like basically saying like. When times are tough, we get tougher. When times are hard, we get harder. 
when they change the rules, we change the rules, and a bunch of, bunch of word salad that's all supposed to make you feel good. It was a cool-looking commercial. It was all fine. It was professionally shot. But at the end, I'm like, I don't get it. What are you saying? They're just like soccer balls. Sometimes, here's... Okay, they say a bunch of words in the commercial. Here's what I heard. Okay? Here's the audio in Ben's brain. People kick soccer balls when it's muddy sometimes. Sometimes people run and they look like they're in pain and maybe their ankles hurt. Other people hit baseballs. And the commercial's over and I'm just like, uh. <laughs> like, But it was like this thing. Like people were going like, try watching this without crying. Okay, like, so like, if this doesn't move you, you have no soul. And I'm, and I'm like, well, here's Soul Estamba over here. I'm just going like, uh. Uh, who really has people no, who like, really has no soul? Though? People like to hit ball sports stuff. Like it's fine. Like hey, go play your sports. I'm for it. It's a cool commercial. But I was zero percent of like I just didn't, like I, I don't know if it's I, it's disingenuous for sure. So when you when you say you, soul is you, I mean you. I think you're looking at it the right way and going like why did why does this car company feel the need to chime in and take a piece of this this pie right now? Like, everybody yeah. just needs to capitalize on... I think that's why I put it, like, when I said, like, I'm 40 now, because I'm... 40 is just a number, but I, it's a mental block for me, and so now I go, like, I no longer have to pretend that I'm emotionally moved by things that I'm not moved by. Mm-hmm. I get moved by tons of shit. I listen to the same Death Cab for Cutie song 1,800 times a day for a two and a half years straight. Transcendentalism. Never stop listening to it. Um, so I get moved by stuff, but people that are like, sometimes girls play soccer... And I'm like, okay, cool. And then every once in a while, people are born without good feet. So they get those prosthetic feet, and then they run on those. Oh, so they don't have good feet, and they chop them off and replace them with prosthetic feet? That's an unnecessary surgery. Yeah, okay, they weren't. They weren't. Although on MTV, I saw a guy Why couldn't you have a mediocre foot? I would ask him. Well, the guys that run on the boomerang springs or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, cool, the guys running on the springs. That's dope. That's cool. But at the end... I feel like they're doing all these play on your emotions. And then at the end, I wish there was a little caption that goes, our clothes are made in sweatshops. <laughs> just, it's like real like little at the bottom. We're not better than anybody. Sometimes when it's muddy, we play soccer and even baseballs are hard to hit. But sometimes we swing our bats really hard at them and little kids make our clothes. <laughs> like that, that's all I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Like I've hit this. I'm not like at George Carlin level quite yet. And I'm not mad at Nike or nothing, but I'm just like, I'm not moved by it. Dude. Don't go like, look, we're changing the world. We're in this together. No, we're not. And you're selling clothes. Back to the... Go love your family and stop. I'm going to keep this with this, but back to that show, that Zac Efron show, they were... I don't remember what country they were in. They were in some foreign country. And they were in this school. It was sort of like a Montessori. So everyone from the village was going to this one school. And, you know, you had kids that were like fifth graders in class with people that were juniors in high school. Um, okay. And they were they were doing projects every day, and they were doing some hands-on stuff. And these kids, you know, there's like five-year-old kids that are speaking three languages. They're doing trigonometry. And so I was talking to my wife, and we had gotten this uh, update earlier in the day that they were going to postpone school for the first four weeks, or everybody's going to be doing the home e-learning or whatever. So there's a big dust-up, and everybody takes to Facebook and starts putting their opinions on there and, you know, whatnot. But I thought to myself, and this is, this is not an indictment on teachers, but it is indictment on, in my opinion, the, the government and the, the system of education that we have here in this country. I mean, 
why are we still teaching this tired old shit? And I'm just saying from my life experience, so before people get angry or they, they point out their life experience, I'm speaking from my life experience, we need to be teaching our children how to do things like balance checkbooks. I yeah. mean, I, I really don't see, uh, I mean, I did, we had home ec where you well, learn how to cook an egg, you learn how to sew. Any kind of financial literacy would have helped me so much. For sure. And so an elective, instead of, instead of doing like Eastern European history or history, uh, world history or whatever, I think that we could truncate that down into like, you know, doing that during maybe your sophomore year, but doing a lot more functional stuff. Like you are going to do wood shop. You will be an auto shop. That's, that's not an elective. That is something you're going to do a, like a vocational block. You're going to spend this much time in this, especially like for freshmen who are just getting their driver's licenses. These are the things that are important. Yeah, you could These, even you could even like tie it into earlier. You could even so people don't end up like you. You could even go. You could even pull a bunch of homeowners and be like, "What are things you wish you would have learned before you owned a home?" Yeah, I wish I would have learned how to run a little bit of electrical, blah blah things like that. And then you base your schooling off what the current homeowners. Wish I wish I would have known basics about landscaping. It would have been nice to not have to pay a guy. I could have put my yeah. own bricks. Why well, not have a six months on that? I mean, they, they have like you. Could, they also have this track thing where you could say like, "Hey, if I'm I'm from a college minded person, I know that already, and I really enjoy English." Then then you could you could go on that track. Yeah. But I still feel like I know core classes are like okay, you have to take I think up to algebra two, right? So you take algebra, geometry. That should really and then be as algebra far as two. you need to. Some people are taking ge- or trigonometry and, and uh, you know, whatever. Calculus. <laughs> calculus. I was, that was the next one. But I, I, I've, I did very poor in math. I'm very poor at math. And I've still managed to make it 44 years almost. I owned several houses, not at once. I've owned several cars. Yeah. Um, I've done pretty decent. Here which, you are watching somebody mud your basement. Yeah. And that, so to me, those tangible things... And then that's a lot of the people you listen to will tell us so that's where the crisis we are with this country is that we don't make things anymore here. We, we, we source everything out to other people. We don't do I them mean, either. I mean, how about this? We don't do them either. How about gardening? How about growing or uh, uh, cultivating vegetables? Instead of a foods class where they teach you how to make uh, uh, French you toast. you want to use it to grow weed, that's up to you. But at least <laughs> but you know how. I'm just saying there's there's yeah, a no, lot no, for sure. I feel like there's a lot of wasted time and I know that last year <laughs> I there just was now I have a garden. It's like 39 years. Last year there was a lot of wasted time and I don't blame this on the teachers because they had to throw together we'll see what happens this this you know moving forward but they had to throw together something. It was it, it came out of nowhere this pandemic they were closing schools down it was like what do we do? So there was a lot of review toward the end of the year. Yeah, but you know as rush. well as I do we we the teachers, and again, I'm sure I'll be corrected, but from what I know, we're teaching people to pass tests because the state tests... Depending you know, on the topic. Yeah, of course. Like, if you're like a history a teacher, that's something different. You know what I mean? Yes. But yes. if you're math, English, science. science. Yes. So those are the things I'm talking about, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah uh, for so sure. Thanks for clarifying. No, but I'm just saying, because once you get into the arts, that's where your teachers will sound off. They'll be like, well, I teach history from the perspective of, yeah, okay, that's... But, like, so I Yeah, took, but your kids can spell, so I we're, took we're Earth, focusing on the basics. I took Earth science. I think that was, like, the, the most basic science you can take. Way right? easier, by the way, than Venus science or Jupiter <laughs> and, science. And then, and then I, I think I had to take biology, maybe? Biology 1? I barely Dude, made. I, I barely made it through. I, I still know nothing. I, that's, I know nothing. Never took biology 1. I was forced to take a language... 
And because I had, you know, studied Hebrew for so long preparing for my bar mitzvah, my mom was like, well, uh, and everybody that, that spoke Hebrew was like, well, we tell kids to take German because you use the same guttural sounds and it's sort of closer what? to that uh, than Spanish would be. Though, right? Well, it'd be, it's, it's closer than it would be Hebrew mm. and German or closer than Spanish speaking, gotcha. not as far as gotcha. the writing. Gotcha. But um, emotionally, couldn't be I was a apart. senior and I didn't want to go to college. But then they were like, hey, if you want to go to college, you have to have this language. You're going to have most, almost every degree required you to take a language. So I took German one um, and I got, I got the boot because I was a senior in a class full of freshmen and I was, a, you know, that was. You're doing uh, the days of the yeah, week and you're like, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't care. So Frau Atkinson pleaded with my parents to, to remove me, Mach Schnell. Yeah. Uh, so you're like, hey, teach. Guess how many times I plan on going to Germany? <laughs> right. Mm. Exactly. So um, my point is, is colleges require like something like that. Oh, you need to have uh, two years of a language. There's kids in foreign countries who are speaking fluently or close to fluently by fifth grade. Why are we waiting to college? And what does it mean that I took college level Spanish? My sister took Spanish in college. I guarantee, and lives in Arizona, and I guarantee you cannot speak. Spanish to people conversationally. Do you think there's a way to teach? Plus, my sister was in the who's who, and my sister was on a roll the whole time, so she's not an idiot. But this does no, not no. travel. If you're not using it, if well, it's not plus, part of your everyday um, life. School book Spanish is different than of course. Spanish. Yeah, it's like the queen Spanish. Um, but the missing link is like, I took a road trip, went to this lake house this weekend. And we were talking about how we were looking at new stories and people we know. And we were like, what was missing is, without sounding like pious, is class. There's not People don't have a lot of class. Is there a way to, since it's not happening in the family structure, it would be nice if it was, but it's kind of just not. Is there a way to teach, do you think it's even possible to approach the subject of teaching Grace and class, like an etiquette class. In a cl- that's all I can think of is like an etiquette class, but it's not like you're like, oh, put your fork over here and your spoon no, here. Because but I mean, like, hey, okay, two people are walking toward a door. There's a man and a woman. Which one should open the door, right? And I know now there's pushback, right? Of whatever, but like, <laughs> but is there a way you would to have to say traditionally hey, which one of these people? How about this? Let's go door. lower. You're walking down the street. Someone's getting their head beat in with a skateboard. Uh, you should a help. B, video it, or C, <laughs> yell world star while video Yes. <laughs> like, is there a, because you got, no, me, th- you got me thinking about that when you go like things that people need in life. And I go, what they need is some class and some grace. How do you get those things? Well, you, family. unfortunately. But since that's not on the menu. People don't want to hear it's it. It's just not on the menu, dude. People don't want to hear it. You get that from the traditional nuclear family or not even, I guess. If you have a Even good, if you have, yeah. If you have, you're right. Yeah, I, yeah. I misspoke. Any a good family. solid family yes. that also has class and grace and etiquette. Also, uh, again, people aren't aren't going to be happy with it, but but I believe that religion, um, because when you go to you know when you go to church, temple, there's mosque, certainly or whatever, a structure to it. There's a structure to it, and I think that's why, like you know, early on with why you know in kindergarten, what do you learn or pre-kindergarten? Well, you start learning how to how to treat others, how to, how to have a basket, and how to clean up your basket and take your area and know what your how to be accountable. When you're done playing, pick up your toys. So maybe but then when you get older, class, there is no when you're done, pick up your toys. It's just like screw you, teach. 
etiquette and account slash accountability class. Oof. Right? Etiquette one, accountability one, and then etiquette hey, dude, slash accountability. Dude, you fire you fire calculus and you fire the advanced <laughs> chemistry teacher. You pay the etiquette and the, the accountability teacher three times the salary of everybody else. And you call him a hero and you say we're all in this together. I mean the problem And then we will all be in this together because I'll be so busy shaking his hand he'll never leave his The class. problem is is uh, you have this cultural divide where depending on who you are, where you are, where you come from, you go, Well, that's not what we think just because your culture thinks that or just because that's the way you do it. But doesn't everyone think but, be, and I don't be mean that culture but class. Like for example, like you're saying, this whole door thing. If a man and a woman are walking to a door, they're both the same age, who what should happen? Well, whoever's closer should hold the door open for the yeah. other person, regardless. Now, my, we argument know. Would, my argument would be that one time out of 50 that someone's upset, you just go, oh, I'm sorry, and you keep going. So 49 times, it's, the odds are good, but, right? Okay, should okay traditionally, or you, see you a punch puddle. him in the face and you go, you want to be a man, do you? And you throw down, you man and cups. woman are walking down a sidewalk, there's a puddle. Does the man take his jacket off and throw? I don't. I never understood Dude, that. He takes dumbest. his petticoat off and he tosses it. <laughs> never like understood a, that. I mean, I give it a piggyback. Like Ichabod Ryan. Crane, he throws it. Off. I'm not throwing my jacket <laughs> in the pile. Yeah, he does. I'm not throwing my jacket. Dude, in the honestly, maybe we need to rewrite the uh, gentleman book. Dude, Our own version. Yes. of Yes, Dude, yeah, that's a that's a really good motivation. But I remember watching that Disney cartoon for Ichabod Crane. He keeps taking his jacket off and throwing it in puddles. And I think, boy, that's going to be hard to get that out of his jacket. And the other thing I think is, she couldn't have walked around. Right. She couldn't right. have. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm all for chivalry. Be a gentleman. But he now doesn't have a coat, so he can't get in the restaurant. And you couldn't have. That puddle, by the way, was six by six. You couldn't have walked around. <laughs> you couldn't have, you didn't have How about to? a pirouette? I mean, yeah, it's not like that unathletic? It's not like you're like forging the river. <laughs> You know what I mean? Is it fording the river? Forging. Forging? Is that forging? Isn't that like when you do like from like like a mine, like you're forging for metal? You might do that too. What when did uh, Kevin Bacon do in Whitewater? Did he forge? He forged. He forged. Really? Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you. What, how do you forge something? You f- I don't know what fording means. It's not even. A, I mean, you drive a Ford. Yeah, it's just like Harrison it Ford. Ford Fairlane. How do you afford something? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, went to, I, I went to high school. I didn't have to forge anything today, but what I did do. <laughs> Was I, I, I went to the moose for the first time now as a moose, moose, as a moose, got a moose. as a moose. And, uh, I, I had, I told my wife the other day that, uh, cause I said, Hey, do you want to check the place out? And then I said, you know what? Strike that. I want my first moose experience to be one of, of my own. I want to experience take the her? moose. Yeah. I just want to, first one? I wanted to. Yeah, I just I was gonna. We were driving around, and I said I was gonna take the kids and just go. Hey, do you guys want to check the place out? You're like I'm allowed in. There. Just do it. Yeah, just do I'm allowed like in. A, yeah, whatever. So come on, moose. So um, come on, moose. This morning I was like, hey, do you want to go? And she's like, nah. You said that whole thing about you know the the, the maiden voyage. You go. I'm gonna stay home. So I was like, all right. So I said I'm gonna be an hour. And she goes, is this gonna be one of those things where I'm constantly someone's looking for you? And I'm like, Dave's at the moose. I don't know if you're looking for him. Either call his phone. Or head over to the moose. I ain't he's heard at, from him. He's, at he's the probably moose. at the moose. You're right. And I hope they I hope they have a landline where the bartender chick could be like, hey, your wife's calling again. Hey Dave, she should says, I tell her you're here? Nah, I ain't at the moose. That's so, great. 
uh, I fished around the lake a little bit. I brought I, I brought some of my my, my best lures. Hey, Bobby. And I wasn't uh, no, just lures, and I wasn't uh, catching anything. And it was, it was the weather was kind of crazy today. You jerking it, or you doing the? Was steady, doing all uh, of it. Okay. Did everything, little everything, and all then right. I left there, and I went and got some live bait, and I came back, and then I was uh, I was hammering the the, the the baby bluegill left, and I mean I couldn't even. Couldn't even. It, it was, no way, was. It got annoying. Like, you're like, yeah, it got right. annoying. But, right, you but, don't have to buy it. Every but I was, time. I was getting like the kind of bluegill that you, you know you would throw back in to use as a bait fish. I mean, I'm little talking like yeah, guys. little something your kids would enjoy. Yeah. Doing, so. Yeah. Um, but I, I walked out on this pier. This guy was on it first, and I said, man, I don't want to go up there and fish off the same pier it's with a some moose stranger. Pier? Yeah. Specifically, private moose. Pier? It's on. It's on their property, and oh, what it is is yeah. I told my wife it's like those Drew Peterson barrels that they rope together and then they put. Uh-huh. A piece of wood on top of, or you know, they build a pier on top of that. Uh-huh. So I'm watching this guy, and I'm fishing from the land, and he's fishing from the pier, and he's quite a bit away. He's probably 150 yards away, or something, you know, or 100 yards away. So I finally see his car pull out, and I was like, "Oh shit, he ain't there anymore." So I go out there, and I'm fishing and not paying attention, listening to an audio book at the time. And uh, wa- so I'm at the moose. I'm listening to the Blood Meridian, the audio version. You couldn't I'm, get through I'm, the regular one. I'm, I'm throwing, no, right? I'm, no, I'm is throwing it a frog. Audio? Uh, yeah, because I don't have to. Yeah. But you're getting through it, but you're not. I don't have to, I don't have, it's easier when he reads the words to you and you go, oh, that's how that word's pronounced. I do recognize yeah, that word. Yeah, but it still doesn't make any sense though, right? <laughs> I'm not that far along. So I have thoughts on Christopher Hitchens' book when you're done. As, as, I'm, as I'm fishing, uh, I, you know, I'm putting worms on and then I decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a frog now because I'm out on this pier and I could sort of cast back toward, the, famous toward the reeds. famous frog lures. So I'm going to throw a frog. Hot dog. So I go to get out. To, I go. To, my car is sitting on the land there. And I go to get off the pier. And what has happened because of my moving around? I floated away from <laughs> land on the floating pier. It's not docked. It's not docked. So what? I'm like, uh, <laughs> what the f- I'm going to get back. What? Yeah. So we're only talking about maybe like a, I don't know, like six foot gap. Now it's, it's, it's gone into the yeah, water. Yeah, what does everybody else do? I don't know. They probably, when they go to use it, they probably know enough to pull it back onto the land. But I didn't know that. So I had to do a... Jump over the... Yeah, you were like John Matrix. Okay, yeah, or The Matrix. You know, I don't know if John Matrix did that jump, but... He could have. He could have. If he wanted to, dude. Are you kidding me? Like the $6 million man, more like. So I made the jump. And then I was able to grab a long stick which was in the area probably for this reason, and I grabbed the pier and brought it back, and then I beached it for when I went back out there, and it seemed to work better. So I know next time I'm going to go get some tent stakes at the Ace, and I'm going to grab a rope with a... Uh, tie it off. T- yeah, and I'm going to tie it off myself. Because you I'm made the jump, though? That. Yeah, I made the jump. I had my wet? phones. Did you get wet? No. no. I did how, step in some how mud. How proud were you that you made the jump? I was looking around to see, because I was like, this is probably not going to happen. Because I knew... <laughs> ah, ah, I, what if you don't jump? Are you just going to keep drifting? I guess. I, <laughs> I figured at some point I'd be at the other side. And it would, I'd just walk yeah, right off. Maybe, so, or it goes in the middle and just sort of drifts. <laughs> you know, yeah, does its own I thing. Sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, like in one of those camp movies when I wake up in the middle of the lake. You have to call your wife. Just go get a stick. Yeah, she'll, and get, then she'll get the rest of the moose out here. They keep you in. out of the moose. I thought that. maybe it was an initiation. Like, they're, it's a new moose. It's a hazing. We're not going to tell them. It's yeah. a, every new moose goes out on a pier. Yeah. And end up in the middle of the lake. And that's, that's it. it. No, that's it. Hey, but it's 60 feet right there. If they want to try to swim, they can. I don't know. But anyway. You want to be a moose? Got to get on the pier. Everybody. And I, I walked back and nobody said, hey, now you're a moose. They didn't. Nobody, nobody cares. Are these people Canadian? No. Because it sounds like a moose. No. <laughs> no. 
Because uh, I really like Canadians. I had a beautiful like day of fishing McDonald's. by myself. Um, I, I, I'm, I couldn't sweet, be right? happier that I spent $60 uh, to potentially shoot trap, shoot my gun from dusk till dawn, fish all I want. John Boat, you want to take one? Drop it in, man. Go fishing. What's you don't need to bring one. You know the flat bottom John Boat you can just paddle out and fish it from. Flat bottom? They have a, the Moose Lodge has a couple of their own. Is like a little metal yeah. boat? Yeah, they're like a little metal fishing boat. No kidding. It doesn't have a trolling motor on it. You'd have to bring a yeah, little. Yeah, just paddle it around? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's dope. So Christopher Hitchens' book, before, we, before we're done, you wanted to... Oh, I just... Because we're finally, talking about the Blood Meridian. I've been trying for a couple of years. Christopher Hitchens' book called Hitch 22, Hitch 22, is my Blood Meridian. I have bought this book a year or two ago. I've tried several times. He's a really good writer. He's super intelligent, super smart, but he's, he's British though. He's English and he's so English. And his command What's what's the vernacular on that? Let's get it straight right Dude, now. What his, are we going with? Is he British or is he English? I don't know the difference. And if you say you're from uh uh Great Britain? The UK, I still don't know what that means. Well, that's a bunch of countries contained within Yeah? Him. Yeah. The United Kingdom consists of many countries. Is that true? Yes. They didn't, they, they didn't teach sure. geography in my yeah. school. We're too busy doing... <laughs> but British or English, I'm not really sure. Somebody chime in on this. Well, okay, what about if you're from Great Britain? I don't know if that's a thing anymore. Is that a thing still? If or is it just you England? were born in Great Britain, are you English? I don't know. I know from Feels listening to... English to me. Dude, I'm the dumbest person ever. I don't even, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. All right. He's British. He's... I know from listening to the... Uh, uh, he talks like a professor from Harry Potter. Okay. Right? So whatever yeah. that is, he's from Dumbledore. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> so his command of the English language is so, so good that he, he describes things. And, like, even even though it's British and he uses these crazy big words, I respect it. So I hear him spit out a couple uh, sentences. Nay, I read a couple sentences, and I'll go, like, that was such... A more impressive way to say that thought. Mm. He couldn't have said like, "So I went to the restaurant and I got my normal ham and eggs for breakfast." He would be like, "So I'd ferry to my local spot, which I uh, found the confectioner delights, and I, uh, uh, I, 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 uh, I, 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 I don't even have the words. I went to myself and we got a plate that was comprised of." He's, he's so well spoken. Mm-hmm. So I've been listening to the audiobook trying to get through it because it was so long. It was like. 16 hours of an audiobook. So to read it, I don't know, 500 pages, whatever it was. I found it easier for the first time ever to read the book than listen to him. Yeah. Because he's so British. You'd be like, well, that's, that's a You just get lost. 1979 on both sides of Mesopotamia. I told, like, his accent lulls me into this submission. He talks with such confidence. It's like listening to a Fugazi album. Yeah. And after like 20 minutes, you're like, hey, well, what just happened? You're I like, lost I, time, bro. Like, what song just, is it still the same song? It could be. Yeah, but he talks in such a, like his inflections are so up, like his inflections are so beautiful that he talks up and down as though he's like, okay, last week we talked about how I hear people in notes. Mm. Christopher Hitchens talks in all the notes. John Cleese is like that. Dude, he, he's British. Like he plays the black keys and the white keys, brother. He plays, he speaks so well that he's all over that I get lost in his tone. And I'm like, I don't know what you said. I just don't sound so nice. So it was the first audiobook ever that I had to go to the regular book in order to actually complete it. But I don't know why it was my Blood Meridian. It was just he, – he talks about things that are dry like, like the Middle East in the 70s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. These are cool subjects but like 
when you get into the nitty gritty about like I went to the British consulate and so blah, 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 you know he gets a little dry but I respect the hell out of him he's a master of the language and if I was smarter I yeah. wouldn't even I wouldn't even said any of this I, I would have been like yes it was a masterful book I hear you but like I've said for many years he's it's just like best. those people who sit there and go what's that movie where the two brothers uh, like go and murder people in the name of Jesus. Uh, Boondock Saints, where people go, that's a Boondock Saints, that's a great movie, it's so great. No, it's not great. It's not that great. And you know what else? Just like, so that's what I consider Brett Easton Ellis, okay, the guy. American Psycho. He wrote American Psycho. Have you read American Psycho or anything by Brett Easton Ellis? I'm not talking about watching a movie. Have you read it? I've read American Psycho. And it's the only book I ever read in my life where I read, and as soon as I was done, I go, thank God that's done. I need to take a shower. I felt so gross. From reading it. Yeah, for, so, so Dude, this guy will describe the stitching on a person's jeans yeah. for a chapter and a half. But it didn't do to me what Hitchens did. And then, on t- even worse than him, is this guy, uh, Eric Larson, who wrote uh, Devil in the White City, which is also... Same IQ. Which is, tough. Which is also um, very tough for me to read because he gets lost in describing architecture of the time. And he'll have these... Com- he'll... he'll, he'll in the book, it'll have conversations between like politicians that I'm like, look, isn't this about a serial killer? You can't, you can't put that so far in the back of the <laughs> book. You know what it is, dude? It's the equivalent of you trying to let your kids watch a regular movie that we liked. They're like, it's been four minutes and nobody's been decapitated. This movie sucks. So you're reading the book and he's like, back in the day they go, he describes these beautiful buildings and boy, I wish I could have been in the city, uh, Devil in White, White City. That's yeah. the Navy Pier thing. It's the World's Fair of the uh, 1800s. Okay, but in Chicago, right? Yeah. So, like, back in the day, people would read this and go, boy, I wish I could be in Chicago at that time. It's He describes it so well. It sounds amazing. Like, I wish I could be there. He makes me feel like I'm there. You're reading it going, when are they going to stab a hooker? <laughs> yeah, it's too slow. It's yeah, too slow. yeah. Too slow. It's too slow. Yeah, I, I need something quicker than that. I mean... I I'll, I did stay That's around for an hour and a half a weekend at Bernie's, but we, Bernie died very quickly. Yeah, and I figured out very quickly after that what they were planning on doing. So I knew what was to happen, and I was like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stick around for this." Yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like them hanging out at Bernie's party house, <laughs> right? And they'd be like, "That was a pleasant week." Unfortunately, uh, I've seen my fair share of dead bodies, and I don't think that carrying one around for even. A forty-five minutes would be uh, would be worth you staying know, at Bernie's Beach House. Weekend at Bernie's is a fantastic film and a piece of history. However, they never put in the part where Bernie uh, starts defecating all over himself, <laughs> or things just come out of He's his rigors. Yeah, he just gets rigored. They, like they're always like, "Oh, Bernie's waving." It's like, nope, his arm won't move anymore. Yeah. That's they actually, still managed to make it wave. I don't know how they did that, but they broke it or something. We're like Jocko when he watches like firefights in yeah. movies. It's like, ah, you would. That's that's not proper cover. Oh, but what, dude? But about like, it makes me sad thinking about like my brother reads all these classics. Like I keep trying to read um, Great Expectations and what's the other Moby one? Dick. A Tale of Two Cities, Tale of two Moby Dick. Um, like I want to read these and they seem pretty cool, but man, like me, I tried to make my kids watch Swiss Family Robinson. Twenty minutes in, they were like, "Fuck this movie!" Like, they were, were you like, though too, or were you still a in little it? bit? I was like, "Man, I thought I remember them throwing coconut bombs." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, this right. movie kind of blows. But like, I don't know, man. Like, if there's not a certain group of people that hangs on to read that, that 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 art is lost. Mm-hmm. Like, our patience is lost, so the art for it is lost, right? 
that's why I, you know how like comedians will go like I don't want to stop doing cocaine or stop being a drunk because that's what makes me funny that's where I get yeah, the inspiration yeah, yeah, yeah. in the same way I feel about audiobooks where I'm like man I don't want people I don't want to not be well read just because I'm well listened it's not the same because I feel like your brain interprets things differently I think that you, for me, I retain things a lot better when I see them and write them down than when I hear them. Well, there's an interview. Because you, st- if you're, hold on, before, I'll, I'll get back to that. But like while you're, if you're mowing the lawn and you're listening to an audio book, I think a lot of times you, you tend to drift away and, and daydream and it's like, In your oh, own thoughts. Yeah. But when you're, re- for me, when I read a book, once that happens, then I have to go back and reread. Yes. yes. So you could, you could let an entire chapter go by in an audio book. But now that's I look part at, of like the ADD. Like you, you, you're two pages in, you go, oh my God, I have no idea what I just read. So you go back. But with an audiobook, you go, I ah, basically got But it. think about this. Exactly. My wife will watch. She'll say, hey, can we watch that Zac Efron documentary? Yeah. I'll turn it on. She will be staring at her phone the entire time. And they're like, oh, that was a pretty cool episode. What, let's watch one more. And I'm like, so that's why people, and I think that she represents what is the norm. So I think a lot of people are like, I want to be able to say I read, I read a book. I drove home from work while I was doing it. Uh, so I was able to get all this done in this My short amount of time. My last two books have been audiobooks. So, and I count them. Yeah, I do. T- I, I mean, I do too. But I think that I would probably tell people. I caught Joe Rogan. I remember one time he always talks about that uh, Empire of the Summer Moon, that uh, book about the Native Americans. I think that's what it's called. Mm. And one time he always says, oh, I read it. And one time he, he actually qualified and said, he, well, I listened to it. And I was like, well, you don't get the same. You, you, your cloud's gone, buddy. Well, there's an interview at the end of the Hitchens audiobook. Which I listened to, and he says he was against audiobooks, but he's like the thing is he he wants you to put the effort in to sit there and read it. He goes, but I he came around to doing audiobooks. He goes, but I do think if you listen to audiobooks, you should be sitting down doing nothing else, listen like not in the car. Like if you want to listen to audiobook, come home at the end of the, uh, the work that's day. How I, that's how I do my. Everyone my goes Har- to bed. My sit, Harvey Woodlawn. Sit, sit in your chair and yes, yes, Harvey Woodlawn's good for that. But like you come home, sit in your chair and listen to your audiobook. If you don't want to read it, listen to it, but still give it the same yeah. focus. Yes. Which I don't always Have do. reverence for it. I don't always do. I'm reading Dave, or I'm listening to Dave Rubin's book right now. And it sort of feels like a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of... I think, it. unfortunately, that's what a lot of them feel, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Uh. All right. Well, hey, that's it. That's not a podcast. That's it. This is a podcast. That's right. That's it. We'll see you next time. Later. Mm.